Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. There, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hey everyone, I'm Guile, and I am joined today, well actually let me back up a little bit. Today we're doing a special episode um, from suggested by Debbie, one of our Patreons, and we're going to be talking all about Jamie and Brienne fan fiction. And this is our second actual, second episode about fan fiction. We did one a couple of years ago, and so the twist that we have today is that we're joined by some fan fiction writers and some fan fiction readers and all of our listeners have been really generous with a bunch of great questions for them. So today I'm joined by Kama. Hi, I'm Kama, and you can find me at Oxford Splice on Twitter. And we have four guests. And as I introduce them, I'm just going to ask them to introduce themselves, maybe mention how they got into Jamie and Brienne, uh, whether they're a fanfic writer and reader, and then some other fandoms that they may read or write in. So really putting you guys on the spot right from the start. So first we have Cardinal Girl. Is it Cardinal Girl 75? Yes, it is. Uh, hi, uh, Cardinal Girl 75. Um, uh, you can find me at um, Writer Girl 2011 on Tumblr. Um, I've been uh, part of the JB fandom. Uh, I started uh, reading a lot right after... Uh, season eight, as I'm sure a lot of people have, um, didn't start writing until about six, seven months later. Um, been a fan of the overall series since, um, about season two of the show. Um, that's when I started watching and then I read the books. Uh, right now I don't really have any other fandoms that I, um, am involved in. Um, so there. And we have Pretty Thief. Hi, I'm Pretty Thief or PT. I'm at a Pretty Thief on Twitter. Um, I mostly read and write. Well, I guess I do both. I read and write fan fiction. Um, I read the books first, just before the show came out. I heard about the show and Sean Bean getting cast, and I was like, oh, I have to read the series. So um, I've been a casual fan until the end of season eight, and um, now here I am, still off the deep end about Jamie and Brienne. All right. Welcome aboard. Um, and we have Sadie. Hey, uh, I'm Sadie. I'm white digital for on Twitter, Tumblr, Reddit, wherever. Um, I read the, the year before the show came out. I actually didn't know anything about it at all. I've kind of been a JV fan ever since. I read a lot. I don't write anything for JV fandom anyway, but I've been in a bunch of them. Uh, for a while now. All very separate and different from Jimmy and Brand. So, it's that. Finally, um, I went in alphabetical order, by the way, um, and we have Tarthiana. Hi, I'm Tarthiana. Um, on Twitter, I'm at BD Tarthiana. I got into the series um, right after the first season aired. I had a friend who told me, you have to watch this. It's like a 10-hour porno. <laughs> And um, I was like, wow, I am intrigued. And I got hooked right away and then started reading the books pretty much after I finished the first season. 
um, and have really liked Jamie and Brianne ever since. Um, I've shipped them for a really long time, but I didn't really in- interact with the fandom until like 2019 for obvious reasons. All right. Thanks, everyone. Um, also, I apologize if you hear growling. That is not a commentary by me. That is my jerk face dog um, growling at the <laughs> growling at the male person. So apologize for that. Hi, jerk face dog. What was that? I was saying hi to your jerk face dog. Oh, she she appreciates it. Maybe. Um, <laughs> so and, you know, I think both Kama and I have been um, writers of fanfic in the past and, and readers of fanfic in the past. And. You know, I know, Kama, you started, um, you're kind of like an old school, uh, I feel like you're an old school chat, or not chat, old school fic writer. Um, you know, I, I know that you wrote in fandoms even before Jamie and Brienne. So this is sort of, um, you know, old school for you. Whereas I think um, I didn't know what fan fiction was really before Jamie Brienne. And, you know, it sucked me in. So, <laughs> yeah, I... I think I wrote before I even knew what the name was. I mean, I wrote when I was a teenager, you know, when people before the internet, you know, when we didn't have fire or the wheel. And um, (laughs) I, I kind of wrote on and off as a teenager and I stopped. And then at some point later on, I started writing and um, again for another fandom and then stopped completely and then found uh, game of Thrones and I had a good couple of years there, but it's been yeah, a while. You yeah, had a good run. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. As as did we. As did we all. Um, well, I, like I said, we have a ton of questions from, um, you know, from people in the fandom. And Kama, if you want to maybe pa- uh, give out one get to our guests. Yeah. Sure. So I'm going to start with uh, one from Debbie, who's the Patreon, who asked for the app. And she This may be more helpful for or directed more at the writers in the group. Um, She says, is there an acceptable, polite way to make a suggestion as in trying to be helpful to a writer or should one just not do it? Was the question if there are helpful suggestions? Yeah. You know what? I'm so like I think like I know sometimes I've read things and I'm just like, oh, oh, no, no, that's not how that actually works. And as a reader and it's there's a, I think that temptation, like, do you say anything? Should you not? And I think her question is, is there a a polite way to do that? Or if you should just avoid it. Personally, I feel like you should avoid it. I don't know how anyone else feels. I think if you're going to say anything, you should do it privately um, and not leave it as like a public comment to, I don't know, name and shame. I would just try to contact someone privately, but really think is it very important that they know this let me throw something i think it depends on the tone too what um it depends on what you're commenting on if it's something huge like they're i don't know misspelling everyone's names then directly contact them and let them know hey you might want to know you're misspelling all of the names of the characters but if it's like some typos maybe just leave it alone it's not a big deal what if the writer had this is a question of my own um what if the writer has indicated that they're you know, open for constructive criticism. Does that change anything? I, uh, I would still say maybe do it privately um, just because I think sometimes if people know that you're kind of open to concrete, that it could then start like a people jumping on a, you know, not necessarily a bandwagon, I guess, but um, you know, just piling on, I think is where I was going with that. 
And that can be really uncomfortable. Um, okay, I'm going to jump around here with these questions. Uh, this one is from No More Mr. Bondi in the Discord, who asks, um, when writing, hang on, I'm having computer issues. Uh, when writing JB Fick, are there particular tropes that you always end up including, even if you don't didn't necessarily mean to in the beginning? Are there tropes that get used a lot that you don't like? Um, I'm not keen on Brienne being secret girl boss in need of a makeover in pep talk. Uh, yeah, there's always competence kink in my anything that I write. There has to be a competence kink, and I don't even mean to do that. It just happens. I like to write everyone as bisexual, stated or not stated. Um, as a bisexual, I feel like I have to push the bisexual agenda in fic. You're representing what, LGBT. Right. What better place to do it? Oh, gosh. I, I'm i not sure if there are tr- – I mean, I mean, just the one that we're kind of given from the beginning, which is – well, most of the time, which is enemies to, you know, sort of grudging respect and eventually to lovers. I feel like, I like a lot of – Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I would say comma. I, I like feel to like... read a lot of cheeky banter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's necessary. Definitely got to have that. How do you guys feel about, um, you know, are, do you feel like there's particular place, like particular other characters that you always see in Jamie Brand fan fiction in certain roles? Um, you know, some of that, like, you know, some of that good. Are you sick of some of it? Um, you know, do you want to, are there characters that you wish were in some, in more Jamie Brienne fanfics? Yeah. I would like to see more nimble dick, personally. <laughs> Uh-oh, are you one of those nimble dick, dick truthers? Uh-oh. Like the character or... <laughs> or, or the nimble dick. <laughs> Why not? Oh. <laughs> I think we see a lot of... Um, Brienne has friends. Like, she'll be friends with Sansa and Marjorie and Renly and Loras and... In, I guess in canon, she's a pretty solitary figure, except for like a, a few other characters like Podrick. But I like Brienne having friends, you know. Yeah, I don't mind that hard. at all. Well, and it's hard to just completely write it all in her head, too. You know, you kind of want to have her actually, because I mean, you know, let's be real, as as someone who you know, who's written anything, I mean, dialogue is the easiest thing in the world to write, I feel like. So you kind of want her to be able to talk to someone, too. Oh, God, yes. I know, but can yeah. it be somebody other than Sansa or Marjorie? It's always those people. <laughs> you know, I'll be DC Mormont or Asha Greyjoy or Ariane Martell. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. I do like when Daisy is included. I feel like she and Brienne would get along yeah. well. She fit right in with the Mormonts. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But. But, you know, we really don't see in I, I, uh, more modern AUs, we really don't see a lot of the people that she meets on her on her journey as she's trying to find Sansa. You know, it's like um, I was I'm trying to remember. I think he's being included more. But I know that like a year ago, there really wasn't much fic that included Cleos Frey. Hmm. Um, I am firmly on the Justice for Cleos bandwagon. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. You're Cleos in the right. fans rise up. You're in the right place. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, you guys mentioned Nimble Dick. Um, and, and I know that, you know, some of them really don't play that much of a role, you know, like the, you know, the the hedge knights that she meets kind of along the way. But even just including them a little bit, I think, wouldn't be too bad. I really like to add Fat Walda to anything. She doesn't have yeah. anything to do with Brienne, but I love her. I love her, too. <laughs> 
Well, I think it's honestly, nice too to give her friends just because you want your characters that you're writing about to be happy. Like that's the point of fan fiction usually. And it's kind of sad to write Brienne as a loner. We had another question uh, from tall wolf in the discord who wants to know what trope or plot element makes you instantly hit the subscribe button. Cross-dressing. <laughs> oh, gosh. I love anything where either Jamie or Brienne has to cross-dress for reasons. I, I don't even care how flimsy. I love it. Unabashed. <laughs> for me, it's fake dating. I don't think I've read an arranged marriage fic that I've not liked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laughing because, like, both fake dating and arranged marriage, of course, like, are, like, one and two or tied for first, you know? <laughs> you know what's funny is that I, I fake dating was one of those that I, when I would read it like in regular fiction I didn't care for all that much because it always seemed to involve an element of the heroine or the hero being humiliated in front of everybody and then I recently just wrote a woke up married that also included fake relationships so uh, I guess I've gotten used to it it's so I mean it's, it's kind of an interesting comment just you know when we think in canon we and maybe this Maybe I don't know if there's a question around this comment, but just thinking about, you know, are there things from, I know that there's a question and maybe come if you get a chance to word it better than I will, but I know that we had a question around how do people feel about the way that the Jamie Cersei relationship is done in non-canon fix, but also, um, you know, kind of along those same lines, are there things in canon that, you know, that we see that are consistently avoided or added and, you know, I your comment was just making me think about, you know, the, the bet and Brienne's, you know, humiliation with that. And, um, you know, are there things from Canon that you guys like to leave out more or less, you know, do you like to read fix where, you know, Cersei's really Jamie's sister and they're really, you know, they're really in a relationship. Yeah. Let me just jump in. The question was from, um, there, it's like a two-parter. Um, from Green Mountain Woman and Reddit, who asks, how much difference do you think it makes that Twincest is often eliminated or softened? Uh, Cersei is stepsister, cousin, or just toxic girlfriend in modern AUs. In canon, it's such a huge part of what makes Jamie who he is. I think that's the one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, maybe expanding that to, well, actually, you know, let's, let's get into that. We can expand later. Right. It, I feel stupid kind of talking about this because it's been a while since I've read anything <laughs> or written anything, but like I get why people sometimes don't want to go there. I do. Um, and the problem is, is that I think it's, I mean, and it's tough because the whole fandom though, there's so much incest in the, in the books and in the show. So it's like all over the place, but I, I think it does make a difference if you take it out if you're going to take it out, then you really have to, I feel like you have to write it much more strongly, like just how connected they are. Because if she's not his sister, I mean, I don't know. I think it, it's a problem. But again, I, I'm not really writing these days, so I'll shut up and let other people answer. Yeah. I don't think that it's, super necessary i don't think that it's like a, a cornerstone the jamie cersei incest relationship but i think jamie has to have like some kind of toxic background he has to have something to overcome and obviously being in love with your sister is a huge thing to overcome but like in a modern au that doesn't really happen in real life that often i mean 
it does, but not very often. So I could see why people would want to um, pick something else for him to have as his tragic, toxic background. And I think it's... Go ahead. So the Jamie-Cersei relationship, I think you can just not write it if you don't want to. Like, if you find it icky, why would you spend time writing that? You know, I feel like fan fiction is for you to explore different facets of a character. And the core tenets of Jamie's character, I don't I don't think he's like defined by the relationship with Cersei. Personally, I think there's other parts of his personality that shine through more. Yeah, I would. I mean, I agree with you. And I think, too, if and I, I comma, I know that there's another question around maybe how fan fiction or how JB fan fiction has evolved since, you know, olden times. And maybe one of those ways in a little bit is just the idea that, you know, so much fan fiction kind of starts it follows the same general plot as the, as the books or as the show did so that, you know, the writer is showing that relationship, but I mean, you know, you can start that you can start or write your story from any perspective. I mean, you can start it. Cersei's been dead 10 years. You know, I mean, you don't necessarily have to, you know, it could still have happened. It doesn't necessarily have to be something you write about. Yeah. I agree with that. I think one of the things, about fanfic I like is that the books have done all the work in a way you know what I mean so yeah. like you know you know yeah. so you don't necessarily need to do anything you can do something else you can have them as an airline pilot or, or you know whatever you want to do with the story you're telling so it doesn't always necessarily have to be in a relationship with her you know, you know. I mean, yeah. it can be Oh, yeah. And I mean, I guess, you know, when we think about, you know, the books, we actually don't really see much of the Jamie Cersei relationship, really. I mean, we see it in those first couple of chapters. And then, you know, we see it in the first half of, you know, the back half of, of Sword and the, you know, the start of Feast. But, you know, that's when they're done. Like, we don't see them as a lovey-dovey couple ever, although it's also kind of hard to imagine them as a lovey-dovey couple. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, I could I could see if you're a Jamie Cersei shipper, there's, you know, 17 years of, you know, ripe fan fiction to write about. But if you're writing about Jamie Brienne, yeah, it's like, fairly, it feels fairly easy to kind of allude to, the, to that more than anything, if you're going to include it. And, of course, the, the tricky thing about including incest in in modern stuff is of course, how is Brienne going to react to it? Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, I, I, we kind of get an idea. I mean, we, we don't really, I guess, get much of an idea aside from when she's, you know, when they're in their first interactions as to how she feels about it. Um, I can't remember the exact word she uses, but it's not, it, it, it upsets him enough that he tells her, you know, knock it off with the talk about my sister. Um, but in, you know, in, in a modern setting, it's, not that it wasn't taboo back then, but, but I mean, it's a universe so. where, you know, it's a universe where incest is, you know, obvi- I'm sorry, it's obviously acceptable. You know, the last several but kings it, were married to their sisters. But if you're writing a mod AU, I mean, I've joked about this. Like, just imagine in your real life, if somebody you knew was a friend of yours came to you and it's like, I met this guy. 
and and then started listing all of the things going on. And somewhere in there was, and he's had, you know, been in an incestuous relationship with the sister for 17 years. I mean, I feel most people would be like, are you out of your mind? Get the hell away from him. I mean, so you have to, you got to figure out that's an angle if you're going to put it in there, which I said you probably should. And now I'm going, well, maybe you shouldn't. But I mean, like, these are things, like, you have to think about. Because no, in a modern setting. My sister is So just, have you guys, um, have you read the fan fiction by Robot Stance, where Jamie is the incest porn star? I always go to that one. I feel like that's just the perfect way to do it, where he's just like, yes, I am in love with my sister. We have porn tapes on the Internet. The whole world knows it. I don't care. And the story is just about Brienne kind of, like, dealing with that. And I feel like that's one of the best ways that I've seen someone in a mod AU tackle that, um, that topic. I think I'm going to need a link to this story. <laughs> it's called deal breaker, isn't it? Yeah. Deal breaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my sisters was, has started reading a subreddit about dating over 50. And this literally reminds me of some of the, of some of the questions on there of, you know, should, is this deal breaker? Are these too many red flags? And, you know, in all cases, the answer is, of course, yes, it is. Run away now. We're literally <laughs> going to come and get you. And I, I kind of feel like I could see, you know, Brienne posting this. this, this are these all deal breakers? You know? Hmm. Yeah, I can see the relationship. I'm having a blast for that one. Oh, Lord. <laughs> um. I think I found the question, Gal, you were re- alluding to. Uh, I may screw up this username, and I apologize. I think it's Paravium on Reddit asked, um, as someone, yeah, I've got too many tabs now. I started a document with the FIC recommendations people have because, you know, I think people may want to look at those. Great idea. Um, as someone, and we could probably put that up on the Tumblr. Uh, as someone who started reading J.B. Fick around season eight of Game of Thrones, I wasn't around to witness how J.B. fanfic and fandom have allowed, evolved since the beginning. All I have are these wonderful older fics to guess at how things were different between then and now. For any writers and readers that have been around since the beginning, what changes, trends, and evolutions have you noticed over the years of in the fanfic? of Jamie and Brienne's characteristics, uh, characterization or the fandom? Are there any changes that are not readily apparent? I mean, I think we went through the several year phase of doofus Jamie, which I hope is starting to die, but I feel like maybe isn't. Yeah, that's, I think a, that's a question. I'm, go ahead. I, I think it's pretty widely accepted fanon that like Jamie's bisexual. And I feel like uh, recently there's a lot more, Jamie is queer in fic in general than in previous years, Mm. which I support fully. Yeah, I I read fic for the first time in like, I think around season three, um, took a huge break and now I'm obviously back. But back then I think that Jamie was just a lot more caustic and Brienne was a lot more shy. Um, And now like Brienne is a little more confident. Jamie's a little softer. I feel like they've kind of, not quite equalized, but they've kind of dampened the personalities a little bit. Um, not that that's necessarily a terrible thing. It's just different. You know, I'm assuming that a lot of that is obviously due to the show, at least in terms of Brienne, just given that, you know, a significantly older 
you know, significantly older, attractive woman was playing Brienne, it's sort of hard to get your your head around that in canon. She's like 19 years old, and you know, that the difference unequivocally between a, ugly. Yeah, and the difference between a 19 year old and you know a 30 like. I don't know how old Gwen Christ- Gwendolyn Christie is, like mid-30s woman is pretty, you know, pretty tremendous. Um, yeah, and I think even, like, in the show, the show characterization of Brienne, um, if she had had all of the years of experience, if book Brienne had had all of those years of experience that show Brienne has, maybe she would be just as confident, and this is just, like, an older version of Brienne, and I could see that. We have a couple Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I'd, I'd take the show's version of her over Pretty Maris, which I know some of the fandom thinks was what Brienne was supposed to be if the five-year gap had happened. So, <sighs> Yeah. Um, we have actually a couple questions about, like, book versus show and about uh, canon versus fanon. So I'll just try tackling some of those. Um, a Tumblr non says, how do you feel about book versus show canon and JB fix? Do you like canon mixing or do you prefer to read or write fix that keep elements of A Song of Ice and Fire and Game of Thrones separate? Um, and did your opinion on canon mixing change as the show went on? I mean, again, I'm just going to, I know this isn't about me, but I'm just going to butt in <laughs> anyway. Um, I was one of those people who started watching the show before I started reading the books. And I think I started reading kind of before I'd finished the books. So it did definitely mix for me. I no, no question. I mean, my Tywin is, 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 um, show Tywin, you know, it's some of that stuff I picked up from the show and it's impossible for me to stop. I would uh, I, I would say that probably the the character that I'm that I most that the show most influenced in my writing is Marjorie Tyrell. I really lean heavily into Natalie Dormer's performance as uh, as Marjorie. Oh yeah, she's so much fun. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't mind mixing the show and the book canon at all. Um, I enjoyed both separately and together. Um, and there's certain elements from both that I like, including. And I don't have a problem if people do that in their writing. It's it's really hard to not be influenced by one or the other, especially if you've seen both. They kind of affect how you if you've seen the show, it kind of affects how you view the book. And if you've read the book, it affects how you see the show. Yeah. And one of my favorite things in fanfic right now anyway is um, like people doing fix-its where they take a lot from the books to try to fill in the gaps. Like um, A Man for All Seasons by Dreadwolf. That is one of my favorite <laughs> fanfics. And I think that they do that very well with that. This is just you hinting I need to read that again, aren't you? Yes, everyone should read that. <laughs> I know. I promised I would, and I haven't started it yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> I read certain parts of it over and over again. <laughs> I know. I need to read the whole thing. Yep. Okay. I'm, I'm, like I said, I've got a doc going. I don't like it either, really, but versus show, because, you know, if, I mean, if the show is an adaptation of the book, there are some similarities, and I guess you can explore one over the other, or both, or, you know, I guess it depends on. So, this, I, I don't know if this, I think we may have already, you may guys have may just asked it, uh, or answered it. Um, but we're at we're at on the Reddit um, says uh, alludes to the two canons in our fandom. 
Um, as a writer or reader, is there any part of the show that helped you to better understand book canon when writing it, reading it in a mainly book canon fic? And if so, was it because it was a natural addition to canon or because it didn't fit at all? Um, honestly, I'm going to say that I think the show in some ways made it a little bit clear how Jamie felt. It, because I I read the books one time, like I said, uh, after season one, and then I didn't start rereading them until after the series was over. And so I think that I really missed some of the parts that it was where, you know, Jamie was all but screaming, hey, I'm interested in Brienne. Um, so, yeah, having having the show helped me in that respect. Yeah, I think I um, I've said before to some people that when I'm writing fanfic now, I feel like I'm always trying to capture the emotion of Jamie knighting Brienne. Um, I have issues with a lot of the show and a lot of season eight and even that scene itself. But the way that Nikolai Costa-Waldo looks at Gwendolyn Christie is just like magic. Okay, so we're going to take a little bit of a break from the show versus book canon to talk a little bit about fanon versus canon. Um, and we're at we're at um, from Reddit asks some time ago, you did a wonderful episode about Fanon versus Canon uh, since the book Canon didn't really evolve since then. She's got a parenthetical here. Insert me crying. I'm crying too. We're at um, did Fanon evolve? Did some new fan Fanon did some new Fanon facts appear or others disappear? I think because fic has been consistently coming out that fanon has to evolve. Um, that's just the nature. You know, there's fics are always subject to trends. Uh, I think what fanon is that they'll both have twins and one of them will be named Joanna. I think that that's pretty accepted fanon. Like I'm trying to think, you know, back in the past, if we felt that, you know, Brian was going to be knighted and if that was such a, was something that was in a lot of um, like Westeros universe fix. And I, I don't remember it that much, but now I feel like it's absolutely, you know, it's absolutely a part of it because of, you know, and again, it's because of the show. I think, you know, there's certainly some support for it in, in the books, but probably more due to the show scene, of course. But I feel like that's kind of become a thing that happens that didn't necessarily happen in the past. This may sound odd. But I'm kind of wondering if Selwyn being kind of a, you know, sort of kind, benevolent father is Fanon because of how little we know about him in canon. And I don't know if that's really changed much because I haven't read a whole lot of the the older stuff. He's usually I mean, when I started reading when he was around, he was um, generally a positive portrayal. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it's interesting because I, I think on this podcast, you know, people may have brought up things or I may have read things that suggest that, you know, we really don't have the evidence for that. But I think it's a fanon thing. And in fact, um, Buck O'Hare on the Discord says, this is sort of related to fanon. Um, are you are there particular headcanons that either you either enjoy adding to stories or like reading in the text. Um, for instance, I'm always a sucker for good dad, Selwyn. So I am too. <laughs> I like when Brienne is an athlete. I like Jack Brienne. I like Jamie when he's competent. Yeah. I, I, I know yeah, we, we talked about, 
we talked about Brienne, you know, uh, Pretty Thief, was it you who said that you really like uh, Competence Kink? Yes, absolutely. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I, we see, I think we're seeing it more and more with Brienne, um, and I like seeing it with Jamie as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it has to be both of them, I think, for it to really be Competence Kink or for it to hit the right spot for me. It has to be both of them. Um, I'm going to hold that one. There's one here I'm going to hold off because I'd like to get... Um, Debbie, again, the Patreon who asked for this app, um, I think this might be for both readers and writers. Um, she asks, do anachronisms distract anyone else? For example, uh, writers, when you're writing a historical period fic, but using terminology that is centuries too modern, like a 13th century story using get it on, emotional maturity, kid versus child. Um I think either if you're a reader or a writer, that question could apply. I was just reading something that was re- remembering that Jamie was, I think, referring to Bonifer Hasty as like Baylor butthole. And it's like, you know, if that's actual canon, I kind of feel like if you're setting your story in Westeros, you pretty much should feel like you can get away with anything. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think that, um, it doesn't have to be historically accurate language because a song of ice and fire is a historically accurate language. Exactly. George is an American. <laughs> and it drives me like, nuts. And I feel like the people who write, for example, Regency fic, like Regency era fic, like that's their jam. So, I mean, they're, you know, well, they're pretty darn good about it. Okay. <laughs> Well, you have I'm a bad example. Writing a Regency fic, and I do not care one bit okay. about accurate language. <laughs> but I put that like as a notice beforehand. So, so then if you get yeah, a comment, so if you get a comment about that, how do you respond to that then? I'll tell them to read the, read the, the notes note? in the first chapter. Shrug <laughs> <Drug> emoji. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that yeah. sounds like a them problem and not a me problem in terms of enjoying fic. So it's funny. I mean, again, I'm jumping in here, but like I have written things where I have gone to the OED and I'm like, was that word and terminology around like, you know, roughly the 1400s, which is I'm assuming the time period we're supposed to be. I know it's Westeros. I know George is an American, but I mean, I those kinds of things make me crazy when I'm writing it. And Sometimes when I'm reading it and it's like, it's a canon fic, but, you know, Jamie's hopping on the train. I'm just like, I can't. <laughs> okay, now, okay, that's is a that a one. real example? <laughs> I, I don't so much have a problem with anachronisms. Um, I think every once in a while, maybe like something might pull me out of it a little bit, but that'll just be like, okay that's fine. Move on. You know, I know that we, we didn't live back then and, you know, Westeros is an imaginary world anyway. Um, I, I, but I, I, I've, I've written Regency in the past for another fandom and I, I know how tough some people can be about it. So that's why I, I mean, I, I don't say anything, but then I'm hardly an expert at it. So I'm not sure if that made any sense, but <laughs> I feel sometimes that getting into things like that is also a great way for a writer to procrastinate. So instead of actually writing your story, you spend like three hours determining, well, exactly how long would it take to get from here to there? Or 
you know, some other stupid question that you end up with four or five hours of research so that you can avoid writing a single paragraph. Yeah, uh, Sadie actually beta read a Regency fic for me a few months ago, and there was like one term that I could not figure out. Like, I know this is a thing. What was the word for it in the 1800s? And she'll probably agree that I spent way too much time thinking about that, and I should have just been writing my fic. <laughs> I have a question for the for the writers. What is the strangest thing that you found yourself researching for fan fiction? Oh God, guns. I spent hours watching YouTube videos from the NRA about using guns because I was horrible. Oh my. But it was so crucial to the character and I, it was horrible, although I learned a lot, but (laughs) it was, it was integral to the story. And I felt like if I just did what I knew about them, that it would have fallen apart for the night screen. Yeah, it was worse. And I, he, he was a gun nut in my story, so I felt like I had to be right. Um, probably, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a weird thing, but um, in the story that I'm about to go back to, to writing, uh, which is set in uh, professional baseball, I spent a lot of time doing research about um, the attitudes towards women. Um it's been a little difficult, obviously, because there's never been a woman who has become a professional baseball player, at least not in uh, the MLB. And some of the things that I found from like the reporters and the stories that they tell are pretty grim. Mm. So it's been it's been really interesting trying to be like, OK, I I, I, I want to try and be as you know positive and not you know keep harping on, you know, that Brienne is is bucking against a glass ceiling here. But at the same time, I do want it to kind of be realistic in that she's facing an uphill battle in terms of getting respect from her teammates and from, you know, the fandom in general. Um, I think and for me, it's probably space stations. Um, I ended <laughs> up not even using it in my fan fiction, but I spent like hours and hours figuring out how space stations work. Really? <laughs> That's super cool. Yep. I, I do want to add that I did uh, research something kind of funny for... Um, for the thick exchange story that I just finished, which was how fast it can take a drag queen to make a dress. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I was, it, it does. I was, uh, I was watching uh, the most recent uh, season and they had somebody who made a dress in a minute. And I, uh, there's video of one who made one in three minutes. Wow. I mean, I hadn't watched Drag Race before, and I had no idea about the fashion aspects of it, which I have to say were, like, stunning. Like, holy mm-hmm. crap, talented people. Yeah. As a random aside. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most research I've ever done for a fic was um, into French cooking techniques. I Ooh. love food and I love eating, um, but my fiance does most of our cooking. So I looked into specifically French cooking techniques and that was really fun and led me down a very, very deep hole into cooking YouTube. So have you, have you, have you tried that in real, did you try any of the techniques in real life then? Or is the fiance still doing most of the cooking? No, I made him do it. Not me. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to attempt to temper chocolate. I know that's that's not what I'm personally good at. <laughs> I, mean, 
I think part of, you know, even in your answers, I, you know, you kind of hear like the appeal of fan fiction in that, you know, you've taken these characters from space stations to French cooking to, you know, to guns to Major League Baseball. I mean, that's pretty, I mean, right there is kind of, you know, it's kind of the appeal of fan fiction. And I also think, you know, of Jamie and Brienne that they, you know, you can kind of even hearing hints of it, like I can, you know, I can already imagine the scenarios and I don't really know the specifics of any of these stories, but you know, Jamie's the successful French chef, Brienne's the, you know, whatever the case may be, you can just so easily like put them in those scenarios. You nailed it on the head. pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Is Jamie in the major league baseball is Jamie the manager or is he, um, you know, is he like the uh, last season in the sun catcher with a bad knee? Uh, No. He's uh he's actually a pitcher and Brienne is the rookie catcher. Okay. So okay. Love Brienne as a catcher, by the way. Inspired. Good. Uh okay. Um Webbery, uh, again, to anyone listening, if I screwed up your name, I apologize. On Discord says, How do you deal with plot? Does it matter to you often or is it more an excuse for the story to happen? I'm anti-plot. I'll just put that out there. Less Same. plot, the better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I say this as I have a... <laughs> um, hey, Cardinal Girl, I, talk about plot. Come on. Oh, okay. When I, when I get inspired by something, it is usually just kind of an idea or it's something that I see. Um, in the case of the baseball story, I'll go ahead and put that out there. It was inspired by the Cardinal Center fielder. Um, who is a, a, a rather attractive, curly-haired, blonde-haired guy. And so, um, you know, it was just kind of an idea of writing, okay, Jamie is a baseball player and, you know, Brienne coming up and everything she would face. And then it's kind of like, okay, I have this. Now what? <laughs> and um, the plot just kind of grew from there, and now it's kind of become this sprawling monster of a story. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's a really good point, though, because I know when I used to write, I felt like I would have everything plotted out very intricately until like the last quarter of the story when everything would just fall apart into crap. So, you know, it's maybe good at plot, bad at endings. I don't know. But um, do you do you like what? How do you guys outline? Do you outline your work or or are you, you know, kind of writing along the way? I bullet point. Both. I find if they're longer fix and my, okay, I, I admit I, I haven't published anything, but I have like a whole drive full of folders of unfinished stuff. But like the short ones, I, they write themselves, but like I have a real bad habit of the short ones turn into like the 20,000 word things. Does anyone else have that? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Not saying a word. You all feel seen, don't you? Um <laughs> So I do, if it's going to be longer, I do try to, like, roughly outline. I always I like to start. It's usually better when I don't outline, though. Um, like, I do both, but I am I feel better about the fix that I've ended up not outlining, and I've just had this idea, and I just typed away like a crazy person until it was done. I always like to start out with, like, the basic idea of what it's going to be, even if that's only like a couple of sentences. Um, and I usually bullet point 
um, with a very brief description of what the chapter is going to be. Like a bullet point would be Jamie and Brienne make eclairs and that's it. I don't like to get any more detailed because I find that when I'm writing, I like inspiration comes to me as I write. So if I try too hard to outline it, it psychs, it psychs me out. With me, I get to a certain point and then I'm just like, okay, I need to know where the rest of this is going. So that's usually when I get into, like I, I have, when I start out, a lot of times I maybe have like basic things that I want to put in there. Like I, I knew pretty much from the beginning how the story was going to end. It's like, okay, how do I get there? And what needs to be included along the way? And that's usually about the time when I start to do a more detailed outline. Um, really outnumbered. <laughs> I'm a planner. I'm an outliner. I used to teach English. Let the teenagers understand this. End of the my stories work. I get an idea. I know the beginning, the middle, and the end. I know the bits in between, and then I guess it's a really bad way of explaining it. But I, I like to have an idea in my head of how it's going to work out on little spot beats. So I just diddle it in to the points, and then you know I'll write on the cost or whatever and fill in little bits around that. But I have the basic structure before I start. We have a Tumblr anon, and I think this could apply to readers as well. Um, so for the writers, how, when do you find the time to write fanfic in your schedule? And I guess for the readers, that could be like, how do you find the time to, to read it? Well, like, do, you, okay, <laughs> do you schedule time? Do you have like a set, like, okay, I'm going to chill and just write. I mean, do you, Right between, you know. Like I know sometimes I would jot things down on a notebook during really boring meetings or whatever, you know. Yeah. I don't think that I have a set way to do anything. I, I think I just do whatever works at the time. Sometimes I write on my phone in the middle of the night at work, and sometimes um, I'm sitting at my desk like a proper human being. For reading, I find myself reading a lot on uh, public transit or, you know, if someone else is driving for a while, I'll I usually have a couple tabs open on my phone of stuff I want to read and then I'll do it there. Um, love taking bathroom breaks at work and then going and reading fic instead. Love it. Cannot recommend it enough. <laughs> I always enjoy getting comments from people that talk either, you know, comments on the podcast of where people actually mention where they're listening to an episode or on, you know, an old fan fiction where people are telling you, you know, oh, I'm reading the smutty scene in, you know, at my job. haha. Like, I always kind of like like that to, to under to understand, like, where people are when they're interacting with your stuff. It's kind of fun, I think. Yeah, I remember once that I um, I got an update, like an email update for a fan fiction I was reading while I was at the gym, and I was like laying on a mat, super sweaty in the middle of the gym, reading this fic because I was not about to wait until I got showered and got home. I literally pulled into like a rest area one time when a fic that I was really invested in updated because I was just so excited, and I was like, uh-huh. "Yeah, the heck did with it." Tell- I, I- did you tell the writer that in a comment? I don't know. I don't remember if I did or not. Ugh. That's, I, I feel like that and... was, yeah. 
that was the kind of stuff that would always get you pretty jacked up. Like, oh, I literally stopped traffic. (laughs) (laughs) I've gotten a few comments like that, and it's very heartwarming. Yeah. Um, Very encouraging. Love that. I like sometimes I would get comments. I still get them, you know, for older fix. And it's like, I, you know, I called in sick to read your story. (laughs) Wow. You know? (laughs) Um, or like people who mainlined it all night long and, you know, you're seeing the timestamps and they're telling you it's 2 a.m. and I can't stop reading. And it's like, it's nothing like that to sort of uh, warm the cockles of your heart there. Yeah. Um, Webbery on the Discord asks, what's the funniest interaction you've had with a reader? I once had a comment that had nothing, well, I guess it sort of had to do with the story, but it didn't mention anything about the chapter. It was just a long comment about different uh, Regency-era farming techniques. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, Someone once told me that uh, I killed Jamie in a fanfiction once, and it's probably one of my favorite comments that I've ever gotten was just something. It was like one sentence that said, like, I can't believe you made me read this. And I can't believe you actually made me like this. And that always cracks me up. I love going back to that comment. I had one. From, uh, I did a like a slice of life fix it in London because that's where I used to live. And I got a comment from somebody who went on holiday there because of how I described the city. I was like, oh, this is obviously pandemic, but I was so chuffed. And then, you know, they sent me a message later to say that they had a great time and they went by a couple of little pieces that I mentioned. And I was like, why does the tourist board not harm me? Please do so. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, probably my nicest interaction has been uh, along those lines uh, with people saying, I don't read baseball or I don't watch baseball. I have no interest in it, but I'm really fascinated by your story. I'm just like, awesome. (laughs) You're doing the Lord's work. Yeah. Yes. A couple what is, of people told me they went to library school based on my fic, and I was like, oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> that is some responsibility. Wow. Like, um, it's not quite that great, but sure. Cardinal Girl. <laughs> Sorry, guys. And, and no, I just will. I want to make sure we, we give everyone a chance to, to plug stories that they've written or they're writing. But um, Cardinal Girl, what is your baseball fix name? So I remember. It's called Diamond in the Rough. Oh, nice. Okay. And is she a cardinal? Uh, no, the team is called the Kansas or the Kings Landing Royals. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. <laughs> the, the real team is the Kansas City Royals, but okay. no. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. I am I, completely obsessed with your fit, Cardinal Girl. Just so you know, and I don't oh. normally like baseball. I, in fact, I went you. to a little league, uh, not little league, a minor league baseball game for the first time in like 15 years <laughs> because I was inspired by your fic. Aww. Thank you. This. Did you have fun? Because I hear that minor league games are like really tons of fun i haven't been to one but oh yeah it was cheap and i got drunk off of like three white claws (laughs) (laughs) which probably cost you what one beer at the ballpark at a major league stadium would cost you right uh it was not cheap (laughs) either way (laughs) but it it sure was fun good i accidentally Uh, purchased a 17.95 dollar beer at the last game i was at wow what Oh my god. Yeah. What was I, it? Oh my god. I don't know. It's 
so I'm a Milwaukee Brewers fan. Sorry, sorry, Karma Girl. Um, and we 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 miss Colton Wong. Yeah, I mean, and we love Colton Wong, obviously. Um, <laughs> no, there's like a craft beer booth, and um, I didn't really understand the labeling. Now, granted, the cheapest one was like twelve ninety five, so it wasn't like I really got that bad of a deal, but it was like that. Oh my god, I literally spent like twenty dollars on a single beer. I could go to a, you know, anyway. We are way off topic. Sorry. <laughs> Suffice it to say, apparently there is quite an audience for the baseball crowd. So yay, yay us. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I I got I get to better read it, and I do. I tell Carnegie list every time I get a draft, I feel a lot of giggling because obviously on this side of the pond we don't have baseball as like a national sport. So I get to learn a lot while I'm reading, which is great. <laughs> I love to know things that I don't know. Um, do most of you work with with better with beta readers? Yeah, yeah. usually. I can't then, believe I I didn't for big fix. I mean, it was so invaluable. And, once I started, I was like, I can't go back. And then do you um do you also read? Do you act as beta readers as well for other people yeah. typically? Usually I bully a friend into beta reading mine and then I will beta read theirs in return. Yeah, usually I'm just like, can you please look at this? Because I feel like it's crap and I'm about to throw it in the recycling bin. Like, please look at it. So it's less of a beta read and more like, please reassure me. Um, I actually just recently became the beta reader for something. It hasn't uh, been published yet, but um, I'm hopeful because I really am enjoying it so far. So, Okay. Um, plugging along here, Amara90 on Reddit um, said, I'm trying to think of a diplomatic way to phrase this laugh out loud, but I'm just curious how people feel about some of the postseason eight fic that felt like a way, more a way of punishing Jamie than actually writing Jamie, Jamie and Brienne. Um, how do authors reconcile their frustration with D&D's bad writing decisions without making ones their own that can also veer into just character bashing. I sometimes feel like I already watched the show suspecting the writers hated Jamie. I really, I just don't really want to read fic and get that same vibe. The really cool thing about fan fiction is, is that if you don't like it, you can stop reading it. (laughs) The back button is your friend. I, you know, I, I don't think they're wrong. You know, I don't think they're wrong in, you know, a trend of it, but I would also say that, you know, I think people, I think people, um, dealt with their feelings about season eight in different ways and that writing, you know, somewhat punishing fic, fix punishing Jamie is probably one of those ways. Like we all, you know, we all dealt with that crap in our own way. And I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't want to slay someone for, for doing that. And again, you know, you don't have to read it. You know, I've been, um, I've fallen deep into another fandom, which has lot screaming, but, um, one of the things that I, I forgot about getting into fanfic in a new fan fandom to yourself is just how hard it is to find the good stuff. You know, when I first started reading, um, Song of Ice and Fire fic, I can't tell you, like, I didn't, the amount of crap I would just stumble into. <laughs> and it it takes a while, I really feel, to, like, find out who the good writers are, to learn who to stay the hell away from, you know. I 
I think as a reader, that can be kind of difficult sometimes to just get a handle on where the good stuff really is, Um, which incidentally, I think is part of the reason Debbie wanted this episode was because she's trying to like get a handle on thick. Um, you know, we're a little bit what, spoiled. Like 9, Sorry. Well, yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're somewhat spoiled in the Jamie Brienne fandom because it's always been one that has a plethora of really, really, really good writers. And, you know, now has a ton of, you know, a ton more content than it used to too. So I suppose, you know, it is probably a little bit harder to find, even though there are probably more good writers, it's probably harder to find them now. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a good point, comma, too. It's like, yeah, it is. You know, you can you can read some bad fic, but, again, it's free. You didn't, you know. Well, um, actually, that one of Debbie's questions, which I was fascinated by, and I have actually, I reached out on our Discord, and someone gave a really good answer, but I'm curious if other people have advice on this. Um, she says, I read primarily on Archive of Our Own, but does anyone have a good way to keep track of the fix they've read? Um, AO3's lack of a way to search one's history is disappointing. Are there plugins? So I do have an answer from someone, but maybe you guys have tips on that. Um, I usually, if it's something that I really enjoy, I bookmark it, which then kind of becomes interesting because of how many bookmarks you can accumulate in a very short amount of time to go back and try and find something. Um, Tall Wolf on our Discord had a whole list of things that I thought were really interesting. Because um, she recommended using Tamper Monkey, which I use for other things. But she said you can um, use it on AO3 to hide the fix you don't want to see. So, like, in my example of, you know, you're in a new fandom and there's all this crap that keeps floating to the top. Or you've read it before. Um, she said there are plugins. I'm assuming. I'm sorry. I shouldn't assume gender. They say um, they have plugins to show which fix you've already seen, kudoed, bookmarked. Um, they recommended subscribing to the RSS feed for Jamie and Brienne. And if you're on mobile, to filter out the tags and things you don't like and save the query as a bookmark and then use that instead of going to the tag. And then um, also, like you just said, uh, go to – oh. When they've read all the fix an author has published, I go to their bookmarks and dive in there. And lastly, and I know this is easier said than done, but this is how I got into fanfic. Be the change you want to see in the world. If you want a specific fic with an elaborate plot, the easiest way to get it is just write it yourself. Yeah, it's really disappointing because I sort of feel like you should be able to put your thought, you should be able to put your request out into the universe and someone writes it for you. (laughs) <laughs> well there's a difference between if you're like, enough. <laughs> uh you know like fic exchanges i've done yeah. those and it's like oh i'd like to read a baseball fic with jamie and brianne i feel like that's general you could put that out there and someone here could you know write it versus yeah, some know, people have like 15 plot elements they want to see like that i, guess- I think you got to write your own <laughs> I guess that's one thing that, you know, really has taken off in the last couple of years, kind of, I think, since we've written anything, Comet, is that um, fic exchanges didn't used to be, I mean, nothing to this extent. And that's something that seems to have really taken off in the last few years and, you know, people really enjoy and has generated, you know, a ton of content as well. Um, let's see, what else do we have? Um, I don't know. 
Uh, Amara on 90 on Reddit says, JB is now the most popular Saga of Ice and Fire Game of Thrones ship on AO3. Um, curious as to what people think drove them to the top over ships with a lot more screen time and support of the show writers. How dirty they were done. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can see this on other fandoms, too. Just couples that were done dirty by the writers or whatever. Uh you get a lot of very passionate people trying to fix that or engaging with that pairing differently than in canon. Yeah, absolutely. I think that a lot of my past ships have been ships that weren't canon, and I wanted to um, explore what would happen if they were canon. Um, and for a long time, I thought Jamie and Brian were too canon for me. And then season eight happened, and I was like, what the hell? And um, now I'm here reading and writing fan fiction. Um, they also ask, okay, we kind of talked about um, Doofus Jamie. Um, I feel sometimes that people lean so hard into dumb and helpless Jamie that I'm kind of left feeling Brienne doesn't really deserve to be shadowed, saddled with a guy so pathetic. Do you think thick tropes have sort of fed into themselves to the point where we've somewhat lost the more canon versions of their characters? Canon Jamie is actually a pretty capable and gifted guy who very deliberately did not take the easy rich boy path laid out for him. But in modern AU fic, the opposite is quite or is often true. I think if you want very canon versions of these characters, then you should read the books or watch the show, <laughs> personally. Um, where are all these doofus Jamie fix? Because I, I've I've not really read any. I, I might have like been pretty, more normal a few years ago, yeah. but like he was all over the place. And I admit to have been written him a couple times that way. But it was like everywhere you turned, it got to the point where he couldn't open a jar lid. I mean, it was it was with a one hand, it would be hard. But <laughs> well, I mean, in my day, I'm just be kidding. Like, I know spectacularly like inept. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, I. Yeah, I, I think the there are some things that obviously he would know about, and I. I, I don't know that I've read too many Doofus Jamie stories that I can really remember, but I can see where sometimes like if he's lived kind of the, the, the rich life and then he breaks free of it where he might struggle to do sort of like mundane things like, um, like cooking, you know, for example, if he's somebody who's used to having, you know, to either dining out a lot or having somebody, you know, prepare something for him, that might be something that he struggles with, but, you know, if it's a story where he's like struggling to like figure out how to use a computer or something fairly basic, is that's kind of like, um, no, that's not really Jamie. I wonder if it's it'll be cyclical because I think there's such a reaction to the you know the the terrible character arc in the show that people you know get back into the books and then you know obviously wins is never coming but hypothetically if it did you know the jamie from wins would obviously determine you know a fanfic in the you know the late 2020s yeah i would think so once we get the the question earlier about how you know Fanon has sort of evolved, but canon hasn't really changed in terms of book canon because there hasn't been anything in 10 years. So obviously if 
if we ever get wins, then there'll be there'll be new material to kind of go on. All right. I think I've got one or two more questions and then a lot of people want wrecks, which I'm pretty sure we can all help them with. Um, Green Mountain Woman on Reddit says, um, do you think there are differences in how authors treat Jamie and Brienne's characterization and canon fix? We've kind of already touched on this a little um, versus the characters are portrayed in modern AUs. Yeah, I mean, in canon, Jamie is often, uh, I mean, he is a warrior. Like, he's someone who is kind of a captain or a general of an army. And in canon fix, if he's, you know, to use, like, BDT's um, fic as an example, if he's a chef, he's not really going to be murdering people. And <laughs> that just kind of changes his characterization. With his sauces. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Only with butter, sorry. <laughs> And I think, you know, the stakes are so much like the stakes are typically lower in um, in AUs, you know, like it's not literally them fighting for, you know, it's not Jamie Brienne fighting for, you know, hum- humanity. It's like they're fighting for the World Series, I assume. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit lighter tone typically. I mean, most of the time they're not going to be fighting the frozen zombies. And so I don't think there's usually life or death stakes in terms of AUs. <laughs> so that that's definitely going to change the characters' decisions in what they're doing and, like, the tone overall. Okay, so before we get to – and what I'm going to do for the last question is just all the people who've asked for this, I'll just say your name and then I'll um, – summarize the question but um one of the last questions we have is from no more mr bondi or bondi who says um do any of your in real life friends and family read or know about your fanfic um actually or how do you feel about them reading it and also thank you for the providing us with the content we crave while that old man plays with his trains I've kept it a deep, deep secret. <laughs> yeah, same here. My family knows I'm writing something, but they don't know what it is. So my best friend and I have been in fandom together since we were um, like 12, probably. So 20 years. Um, she's read most of my stuff. I've read her stuff. Um, we don't really interact online, but we send each other what we're writing and um yeah, I guess she knows and my husband knows. So that's about it, really. Do my fiance know? knows. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. So my fiance knows that I write fic because I often complain to him about what I'm writing. Um, and some of my really close friends know fic, but absolutely no one in my life is interested in reading what I am writing. So <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who read it, do you share with like in real life? like friends and family that you read fanfic or is it also a deeply held secret? Oh, no, I keep that very separate. One time somebody from my real life find my Tumblr where I talked a lot about it. And that was the worst possible thing that could have happened to me. Oh no. I keep that separate. If someone straight up asked me if I wrote fan fiction, I'm not going to lie and say, no, I'll say yes. Um, I'm not really ashamed of it because I'm pretty proud of what I've written, even if it is porn. 
I, I don't feel shame about that. So, uh, but I'm not going to, you know, first time meeting someone. Hey, what's up? I like to write Jamie Brienne fan fiction. What about you? <laughs> I don't think I knew anybody in real life who would actually know what fan fiction is. I'm just trying to think of people I work with, my family, that like it would never occur to them that that was a thing. So that kind of helps, I guess. But even I think so, my friend group... My friend group makes fun of me for how much I love Jamie Lannister, but um, that's about the extent of it. <laughs> I, it never yeah. crossed the streams into my actual real life, but I was on a like forums for like some sort of like self help thing. I can't exactly remember the name of the group, and I'm not going to share that here. But um, I accidentally copy pasted a large part of my story into their chat. <laughs> Oh, no. And that was the whole but I mean it was it wasn't total exposure because it was like a different pseudonym, you know. So but yeah. That was scary. Most of my friends oh go ahead. My oldest sister used to write fan fiction for the old soap opera Guiding Light and I knew this and actually I got to be a a, a side character like I was the next love interest for my favorite character on the show. Um, you know, once she was done writing her couple, like he was the broken hearted third party, but then she wrote me in as like the new marketing executive at Spalding interest at Spalding enterprises. That was clearly going to be his <laughs> next girlfriend. So that was kind of fun. <laughs> and so, and um, my cats have been characters, you know, um, I, and actually we're, we're both reading a, Sander, a San San Jamie Brienne fic right now, um, No Real Gentleman, it's called. And so that's been kind of fun because I will occasionally just get text messages like, I freaking hate Littlefinger. I'm like, oh, yeah, you read just read the new <laughs> chapter, too. So that's it's been kind of fun to she really likes Arya. So we don't usually um, we don't necessarily overlap in what we're reading, but it is kind of fun to be reading something together. That's not, um, you know that neither of us have written, thank God. Like, as readers, it's kind of fun to read with people in real life. So most of my friends, IRL, um, we all like anime and manga, so all of them are very aware of fan fiction, and a couple of them in the past have written fic for other fandoms. Um, <laughs> we were all very into Full Metal Alchemist at one point, um, and my... Uh, one of my closest friends also really likes Jamie Brienne, but she will not engage with the fandom. But I send her so many links to AO3. <laughs> so many over Messenger. And I'm like, you got to check this one out. So our last, we got a bunch of questions from, I'm just going to, so Debbie, our Patreon, uh, Tumblr, Non, Webbery, and I think No More Mr. Bondi. All wanted to know, and I, I'm curious now, I'm, you're making me all anxious to dive back in. Um, they're looking for fic recommendations, um, fics that they think capture um, George R. R. Martin's style and character so well, fics that you love, that you wish more people would read. I think we'd love to hear you guys plug your own fics. Um, so here's your chance. I'll start. Um I think the the fic author who captures George's voice the best 
Um, her name is True Lily, and my favorite fic of her is called In a Lingering Sun. Um, I don't know what she does for a living, but I swear to God, she has to be a professional writer of some sort. It is so good. And she really hits the tone of the, the canon works really well. Um, and I love her. So just just look her up. She has quite a bit of Jamie Brand fan fiction that is really, really good. Um, a fic that I just happen to like is uh, The Greatest Gift and Honor by Eerie Skyrie, I think. Also, a.k.a. Somber Secrets. It's basically a Mulan AU um, with cross-dressing, of course. And I think I've read it like 50 times. Um, I, it, it is my favorite Jamie Brand fic of all time. I love it so much. Uh, everyone should read it. It's amazing. And um, I guess stuff that I've written, um, the French chef one is called Mise en Place. Um, they work at a French restaurant. <laughs> I wrote a choose-your-own-adventure fic called Journey Ooh. to Penny Tree. I've always so wanted good. to do that, but I couldn't figure out the logistics of it. What is it called again? Journey to Penny Tree. Okay. Um, so the way that I did it is I posted all 20 chapters on the same day. Yep. <laughs> um, and at the, at the end for the decisions, I embedded links that would take you directly to the next page or the next chapter. Oh my God. That is so cool. Yeah. Uh, a lot of work went into that. <laughs> um, th- that's probably what I'm most proud of journey to penny tree. Um, and, uh, right now, my uh, work in progress is called The Arrangement. It's based off of A Lady Awakened by Cecilia Grant. Um, it's Regency AU. Lots of sex. Lots of sex. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, <clears throat> all right. As far as capturing George's voice, um, uh, gosh, you know, it, it was kind of funny because uh, the most uh, this year's uh, the big thick exchange just finished up. And when I did my recommendations, I think all but like two of them were modern AU. So, um, so I'm struggling right now to come up with something really good that hasn't already, that I think most of the fandom magnet or might, you know, I think most of the fandom already knows that you know, uh, Sigil Broken I, stuff is just amazing. <laughs> I think like, it doesn't matter if it's older. I think it's just, um, you know, like I think there are a lot of people who are newish to the fandom, like our, mm-hmm you know, who are kind of in isolation, who would love recommendations. So, you know, don't let that um, stop you. Okay. Um, I was going to say right now, I would say probably my favorite story in the fandom uh, is uh, called All Right Out of Sight. It was written by Sammy Rant. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> um, it's a modern AU and it's just really, really good. It's about uh, the ultimate sort of housewarming bash. Um I think that the the summary that she wrote for that is kind of was one of my favorites. It says there ain't no party like a Lannister party, whether you meant to invite a Lannister or not. So um, definitely check that out. And everything that she's written is really really good. Um, yeah, I would second Sammy as well. Yeah. Um, and I've already kind of plugged my my ongoing story, uh, the story that I just finished for. Uh, I had two stories actually in the fixed exchange. Uh, the big one for the second year running <laughs> was called um, A Love to Last. And then um, the shorter one that I wrote was my night right, and it was called The Beauty of Her Eyes. I'm not talking because I'm uh, writing all this down. Everyone will very much appreciate. There's one. There's an older one that uh, I really like called Irony. I realize my accent probably will completely butcher that name. Uh, it's from 2013, where um, 
Daenerys is queen, arranges marriages that she thinks people will really hate as punishment. Yes. Only she marries, that she is one of my favorites too. Yeah. I love that. I actually think it works pretty well as a like a bit fiction as well as a it's and really G-rated too, so if someone's not real comfortable with something more explicit, that one is a nice one for a change of pace. Yeah. If you're if you're not looking for that, and the, the Jamie Brand relationship and that is hilarious. It's the best kind of Jamie, but like in a nice way, you know. Yeah. Um, I love all the roads are winding by Shirley on sixty six because she made um turn around the most romantic phrase I have ever read in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Where they're um they're scientists and they, you know, go and look at different universes and end up in them and are different characters in them. So it's pretty good. And Weekend at Casterly, which is a Regency fix that is probably one of the best Jimmy Brand fix I've ever read. That's pretty good. Great. Yeah, so I would um, definitely recommend all of those that everyone's already mentioned. I've loved everything you guys have said, but um, I already mentioned A Man for All Seasons, which is my favorite fan fiction, and I think anyone who's ever spoken to me for five minutes probably knows that because I never shut up about it. <laughs> um, but also anything by Gwen77, she sometimes orphans her account, like she goes back and forth, um, but Clean Hands is probably my favorite modern AU, where Jamie and Brienne are both lawyers um, and Jamie's kind of like this more corporate lawyer and Brienne is like um, like a public defender kind of lawyer and they have to work together. And of course, they end up um, falling in love, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's my favorite. I've read it like 50 times. Um, Weekend at Casterly as well. Yeah, you guys have already covered all my favorites, really. Well, I'm going to embarrass. Well, actually, it's not a Jamie Brienne, but I just want to embarrass Kama because I always have to recommend um, the old gods demand it, which is just a one shot. Actually, it's a Shireen and um, Rickon. And if you want to read something adorable and cute, but not like sick, like sweet, but not sickly, sickly sweet, that is like definitely an awesome one shot. And then if we're gonna go real old school and talking like 2013, um, I and I just I'm mentioning it because I don't see this story on a lot of lists. But back in my day, it was one of the most popular fix. Would be um, Everyone has secrets by Alaria, and it's oh, yeah. um, that one. I just, you know, I know it was really popular um, back in the day, but I just feel like it's so long ago that maybe some new some new people in the fandom haven't read it. And I would say, um, you know, definitely check it out. Is that the one? Is she the one? Did someone did a? Oh God, what was it? The spy. I have to go deep in my bookmarks. It was sort of like a. Police procedural. There's a couple of those that I really like with Jamie and Brienne as sort of like detectives. There's one called On the Night What, where yes. they do the- that fantastic. And then what is you know um, anything by Rose Hart, who's another writer back from that era that hasn't um, hasn't written anything, I don't think recently. But um, check out her work um, has always been really, really good. Everyone Has Secrets is the one that's the girl with the dragon tattoo. Sorry. I, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah. 
started to read that and then I got distracted by something else. So I'm definitely going to have to go back and check that out. There's something that was recently published that I really liked um, is by Tall Wolf of Tarth and it's a a two shot, I guess it's, it's two fixed together. It's called the white ribbon um, and it's set in world war one and Brienne is an ambulance driver and Jamie is a, an officer in the army there. And it was really romantic and like heart wrenching. And I loved it. It was really good. Yeah. I beta read that one for her. That was a really good one. I like that one too. World war one. Great time period for Jamie and Brienne. We need more of those. That's actually a really good idea. All I can ever think of is the classic onion headlines from world war one. And they just had a, a headline of, you know, France declares war on Germany, declares war on, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a little subhead. Austria almost declares war on itself. And then there's another story of um, corpse eating rats become third largest fighting force in Europe. Like, I can't think. Sorry. This is my brain. Um, my brain had World War One. Oh Anyone else have any recommendations? <laughs> Don't be ashamed to plug your own stuff. Yeah, please do. This is like really helpful for Kama and I because I don't think either of us have read, um, neither of us <laughs> have read too much recently. So this is great for us. I'm, I'm deep in Star Wars and that stuff is horrible. So <laughs> this would be a great. I've been reading some um, some Bucky Sarah from the MCU fic, but like one or two. Tops. And there probably is one or two tops, so all of them, I guess. Uh, another um, fic that is currently a work in progress that I really like is by Wildling of Tarth. Um, it's called If the World Was Ending, You'd Come Over, Right? And it's an end of the world AU where it's like the world is literally going to end in like 10 days. And uh, it's about them. Is there any, you know, is there a is there a story that haunts you guys? So is there a story that is um, incomplete that just like, you know, lives in your, lives in your brain uh, still? I know it's such the a sad question. What was that? <laughs> Sometimes I think about um, baiting the beauty and there's like a line in there where it's, it's after um, Jamie like goes down on Brienne and she's like, that cannot be allowed. And I, that, I think about that all the time that, when I am writing. Is that glam story? Yes. I, okay. I've, I've told glam that that she has burdened me with that. <laughs> She's burdened you with the knowledge that that line exists in the world. <laughs> um, Slips Through Fingers has the miscongeniality AU and what she has posted of it is some of my favorite stuff where Brienne um, is obviously like getting makeovers and she has to be this detective going undercover in a beauty pageant, which is it's just great, uh, great for Brienne. And I hope she finishes it one day. There was a I think it was a fic called I want to say Evenings by Goldstraw. I don't know, it's been a long time. I don't think she ever finished it, but it was really it was these conversations that I kind of loved. Um, between Jamie and Brienne. And there are a couple, and I am trying to remember. <laughs> you know, it's like, I sort, yeah, it's called Evenings. I sort of reached this point where at this point, I do not read fic that is not finished <laughs> because I've been burned so many times. But every so often, 
The irony is that you've read A Song of Ice and Fire, though. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is, and I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if I can put out there, um, it was um, by DD Agent. It was a series called of uh, based on a podcast, and it was called The Bear and the Poorly. Was it the Bear and the Poorly Written Maiden? I think it was. Um, which featured uh, Jamie and Brienne as podcasters who were uh, descendants of the original Jamie and Brienne who were going back and reading through like really terrible, uh, you know, like bodice rippers um, that were purporting to be the real story of uh, Golden Hand, the Just and the Blue Knight. <laughs> it was it was just hilarious. And, um, yeah, I really wish that there was more of that. If any of you authors are listening, <laughs> get your act together. No. <laughs> Can I plug one more? Of yeah, course. absolutely. Okay, so um, Guy was talking about No True Gentleman by Santa Sparking. She has a a trilogy of um, it's called Holiday, and the middle one is about Jamie and Brienne, and it's called George Day. It's really hilarious because all three stories are very, very English and like droll and funny um the first one is Sandor and Sansa and the third one is Arya and Gendry but you don't have to read this if you don't want to but the middle one is hilarious last, last call anyone have any other ones you want to plug or recommend um I think that um oh gosh I just had the link for it and I can't find it um huh. If anybody has read anything by uh, Nubbins for All, uh, they did a really great. Um, it was a season eight fix it. Um, there was it was very hot. Um, there was um, it was really really good. Um, and I recommend just checking out anything that they have written because they've written some really great stuff. I'm gonna plug one more of the things that I've written because I I'm very proud of this. Um, I have like a, a series called Reddit Threads. Um, and it's three fics, all from the point of view of Heil, Brienne, and Jamie. And it's a threesome gone wrong. And um, they all have their own Reddit post. <laughs> and and check out the comments uh, after that, too. Oh, yeah. I, I like to respond to the to people commenting as if I am Heil, Brienne, or Jamie. And it oh is a God. real Reddit thread. <laughs> that was really fun. I feel like I the am, am I the asshole concept works so well with those characters. Um, um, the last one that I want to Rick is The Call of the Void by Vera or uh, Vera underscore Dragon Muse. And it's like a um, like post-World War II, which is my thing. I love World War fix, um, but it's a post-World War II haunted house kind of AU. It's kind of um, by manner. Um, World War II sort of fusion story. It's really interesting. Brienne is her, uh, Brienne is a nurse for Jamie who's lost his hand in the war. Uh, it turns out that Casterly Rock, this old decrepit mansion that he's living in, is haunted and they have to defeat these ghosts together. It's probably one of my favorite fanfics that I've ever read in any fandom. It's really good. It's The Call of the Void by Vera. That was really fun. I'm going to plug one of mine. It's old, but it's called Womcom. And it's got my fake, uh, my favorite a uh, trope of all time, which is fake dating. That's a really cute one too. They're all good, right? 
Uh-huh. We could be here all day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I'll do, I, I think what we'll do is we'll, we're going to, I've got a list going. I'll get all of the links and we'll put it on our Tumblr and uh, people can check it out. And um, this is great. This is great for people like Guile and me who are kind of yeah. out of it. And it's good for people who are just getting started and, you know, be awesome. I just want to thank all of you for your for participating in this and, you know, giving your opinions and sharing your favorites. I, again, I think it'll be really um, super helpful. And thank you to Debbie, our Patreon, who requested this episode. Um, I think, you know, you gave us a, a nice meaty topic to jump into. And, um, you know, for other Patreons, I, I believe we do have an offer for a $50 donation. We'll do an episode about whatever you want. Um, I don't even think we say things like in within reason. I think we're just basically like, we'll do it, whatever you want. So if you do have an idea for an episode you really want to hear, um, become our Patreon or, you know, just you want to support our podcast, become our Patreon, like and subscribe to our to us um, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, you can find us on Reddit. You can find us on Podbean on Twitter, on Tumblr, um, all of those places where you can also send in your questions. And I also want to thank everyone who sent in, um, sent in questions for this episode. We did get a ton as, as you probably heard and really appreciate everyone's, um, everyone's willingness to interact with us on this episode. And with that, you guys, I'm going to close the door. Get out.